Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. We all know, from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts, that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. Westholm, which is based in Queensland and the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Saver Production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we've got another episode of Listener Mail for you. Yes, the fifth edition. <laughs> the fifth edition. Which I, you know, I'm already starting to think of those fives that I can right. get title ideas from. Of course, my favorite movie of all time is The Empire Strikes Back, which is the fifth of the Star Wars movies. So who knows? I might just campaign really hard for that. Um, I I wouldn't blame you. It's a that's also my favorite of the Star Wars movies. Um, mm. And uh, and also like once you get up above four, I feel like your 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 options. I know, for sequel titles, really start dropping to a very select group. Yeah, <laughs> but that select group is so funny. Often, that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Empire Strikes Back aside, the the rest are usually very goofy. Oh, is there a fifth Transformers? I'm sure there is. Oh, you're you're like looking at that territory. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like I'm thinking it's it's what like Freddy, like Fast oh, and Furious. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. stuff oh, stuff like much. that like that echelon yeah. yes yeah. yes that is what we're looking at here and I'm very very excited <laughs> about it 
I'm also excited about all the wonderful listener mail you all continue to send us. Yeah, I promise we're not doing this just for the title opportunities. Um, It's because y'all just keep being so lovely that we're like, oh, well, I guess we have to do more of this. So thank you. Yes, thank you. So here we are. Yeah. Would you, you like to start, Lauren? Sure. Anthony wrote, First, the Cuban sandwich. Did you know that almost every culture has a version of the ham and cheese sandwich? In this case, it is the Cuban. Years before I moved to Central Florida, my wife and I were married and honeymooned in Tampa. We decided to ad hoc the trip, so we decided daily where we wanted to go. One particular day, we traveled to Ybor City and had a wonderful time. Growing up Italian and traveling to the old country brought back memories in Ybor, mostly in the artistic masonry and colorful displays. Columbia Restaurant is certainly a gem to behold, and everyone should either dine in or sit at the bar for the experience. But it saddened me that you only mentioned this particular place regarding the Cuban sandwich. Although they are served there, in my opinion, it's not the best in the area. This title belongs to the Stone Soup Company in Ybor City. On more than a few occasions, they've won the title of Best Traditional Cuban Sandwich. And yes, that means it has salami. When we ate this Cuban sandwich for the first time, we were elevated to such a euphoric state and moods uplifted. We began talking to our waitress, who also bartends at the local Coyote Ugly. More on that in a second. And she mentioned a program to assist the homeless. Not only did we purchase a Cuban to go, but we bought four more to donate. She was so taken aback with our generosity, she told us to meet her at the bar at Coyote Ugly later that night. Surprised we were when we found her behind the bar, serving us drinks on the house to thank us for helping out the Ebor locals who needed it most. Anthony continues, um, hamburgers. Great episode. And I agree, it may deserve a second one. <laughs> Although the origin stories are amazing, I think we need to learn more about hamburger culture. Hamburger joints themselves are responsible for classic car gatherings and for movie classics such as Grease. Not only did you forget to mention the Krabby Patty, but what about poor old Bob and his burgers? (laughs) Bob's Burgers has such a following. They created an actual cookbook with many of Bob's burgers that are created in the show. Personally, I am obsessed with all the burger puns. When it comes to my own personal indulgences for burgers, I have three. Burger King once released a burger that was topped with mashed potatoes, fried onion rings, barbecue sauce, and A1 sauce. I still crave this burger on occasion. My personal favorite, cook a burger to your liking then. You ready? Spread some peanut butter on that burger and finish with a squirt of sriracha. Another variation of this is to top with a fried egg, your preference, of course. Don't knock it until you try it. I have never been elevated to this level of decadence, and it only took some peanut butter on a hamburger. (laughs) Thirdly, just a classic hamburger off the menu from Fuddruckers. They not only had great burgers, but excellent fresh toppings, seasoned fries, and shakes. My friends and I would go there on the weekends to knock ourselves into a gluttonous coma and then go outside and look at all the classic cars that have gathered R.I.P. Fuddruckers. Oh, R.I.P. indeed. That was mm. that was one of the few restaurants that my dad and grandmother would both agree to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was happy because they had uh, the Ninja Turtles arcade game. <laughs> oh, and so yeah. I was like, this is a great place. We should always go there. Yeah. yeah. We went. When I was a kid, I grew up in small town, nothing to do place. <laughs> um, so we would drive like once a month on Fridays, we would drive to media play, which like is 40 minutes. Um, and then we would buy something with whatever money we'd saved up and then we'd go eat at Fuddruckers, which I liked because they had those like little booths you could sit in and I just felt so cool. 
That was it. <laughs> didn't take a lot. <laughs> no, absolutely didn't. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Anthony continued, um, Moxie Soda, you need to do a show on this. The world's first carbonated drink, which was sold as a cure-all tonic before it was marketed as a soda. I learned to treasure Moxie via my grandmother, who always had it in her fridge. My brothers have the same appreciation. No one else in our family likes it, and I personally only have one friend who enjoys it. It is indeed an acquired taste, and those who enjoy it are few, but are cultists. The best description I can provide is, imagine Dr. Pepper with a bitter finish at the end. One of my favorite drinks is a classic rum and coke, but substitute moxie for the coke with some mint rubbed on the rim. Ooh. Yeah. So, <laughs> Annie, so Dr. Pepper is like my least favorite thing ever. Um, I'm pretty sure that is accurate statement. Yeah. I really don't like Dr. Pepper. But I do love the name moxie, and I have some friends who do enjoy this moxie soda. So I think it, you know, it has a special place. I'm not going to knock it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, is, is, is this a Northeastern thing? I think this might be a New yes, England thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, cause uh, the last time I was visiting family up in New Hampshire, um, they were like, oh, we're, they, there was more than me coming in from out of town and they were like, we have to go get some moxie cola. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but cool. Um, <laughs> I think I think I had a sip, and I think that's a pretty fair description. Uh, I liked it. I mean, I like I like bitter things, so yeah. I feel like that would be a great horror movie because of the description of people who love it as cultists, where you're like <laughs> in a small town and you notice like everyone's <laughs> drinking this one soda, Ooh. and they're looking at you like very suspiciously <laughs> if you're not drinking it. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> Ideas. Mm-hmm. There you go. Ideas. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, Lee wrote. I just listened to your Marjorie podcast, and it reminded me of a story that my grandpa used to tell me about living with rationing during World War II. My grandpa grew up on a dairy farm here in southeastern Wisconsin, and as a result, never really had much need for oleo, as he still calls margarine. But due to rationing, butter became hard to come by in World War II, and because of Wisconsin's margarine ban, oleo was illegal. They were producing the milk, sending it to the creamer, but but unable to buy the butter once they were out of rations and unable to use the oleo rations because it couldn't be sold in Wisconsin. According to him, they would have to make a trip down to their aunts in Illinois to get some to, quote, have something to put on their bread. He would say, quote, it tasted like garbage, but was better than nothing. (laughs) But my grandpa definitely is biased toward fresh off the farm dairy. He hasn't drank milk in over a decade now that the family farm is no longer a dairy because he doesn't like homogenized and pasteurized milk. Shrug emoji. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wondered why they didn't just make their milk into butter themselves on the sly. According to another of his stories, they once sold black market beef to a local Catholic monastery. I suspect he would say that they only sold the beef because they couldn't get by without the money at the time, but they could get by without butter. Hmm. His father had died of leukemia months before the U.S. entered the war, leaving my great-grandma to run the farm with her kids aged 11, 13, and 15. So I can imagine times were tough for them. These stories actually inspired my capstone research project on rationing and the black market during World War II for my undergraduate degree in history. I thought you might find the margarine dilemma interesting. It definitely reminds me to be thankful for the butter on the table today and that even though COVID times are tough, we'll get through it, just like past generations made it through their own tough times. Aw. Aw. 
That is fascinating. I hadn't really considered it in Wisconsin in particular. Right. If you have butter rationing and you can't get margarine legally, which is like so <laughs> strange to say out loud that like margarine is illegal. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Right, it's a very specific set of circumstances. Yeah, just that confluence of it being during that time, and huh, mm-hmm. huh, yeah, huh, indeed. Ah, um, Dominique wrote, "I just listened to your second ginger episode and thought I'd write in with the best ginger snap cookie we've ever had." One fall day, a few years ago, I was at my library, seated in the section with all the magazines. My library also creates collections of old magazines by theme, and there was a basket of Christmas cookie magazines in front of me. I picked up an American Test Kitchen issue, which I'd never seen sold here in Canada before, and read about something called fairy gingerbread, dating back to the 1800s. I snapped a picture of the recipe and made it a month later for Christmas. It's a bit of a weird type of cookie, as you spread the runny batter out on a lined pan very thinly like a cracker, and bake it for a short amount of time. They snap apart, and if you want them to snap to a particular shape, like the houses in my picture, then take them out halfway through the cooking time and score them. They turn out thin and crunchy with a wonderful ginger flavor and not too sweet. My mom isn't big into sweets, and she loves these. She said they were the best cookies she'd ever eaten. Here is a blog with the recipe, the only other place I found it online. I do puffy ginger molasses cookies, sometimes just in balls, but other times I roll out the messy dough and make shaped characters. Uh, The Wookiees are my favorites. I've inserted some links to my typical Christmas decor, and and my sister and I are making an absolute mess decorating cookies, as 30-somethings do in their mother's kitchen. Yes, Wookie cookies all the way. Yes. Oh, oh. these cookies sound delicious. Right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by this, this, uh, this, this cracker type gingerbread cookie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the recipe was included in this email. If any listeners want it, uh, you can contact us in many ways, and we will get it to you. We will. We will. We can save or guarantee. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we could, if I, if I remember to, maybe I'll, I'll post it on the online, on the, on the online, social media <laughs> or something. <laughs> that thing. Yes. Ugh, oh, that thing. <laughs> Lita wrote, I just listened to your ginger podcast and felt obligated to write in. First, I am a redhead. And as such, a common nickname I have is ginger. In fact, when I first met my boyfriend, he called and still calls me ginger. And when I first met his parents before we were dating, I walked in and they said, oh, you must be ginger. To which I responded, (laughs) yes, that is me. They do sometimes call me by my actual name, but we have been dating for eight plus years now, and they still mostly call me Ginger, (laughs) as do uh, any of our mutual friends that we've met since we started dating. I truly don't mind the Ginger nickname, since my name can be weird to pronounce or spell, so sometimes it's just easier to be Ginger. Second, and food-related, I don't have a special recipe for ginger, but I felt the need to share my ninja bread cookies that I made one time for a cookie exchange. (laughs) I have included a picture to better illustrate this and encourage anyone who regularly makes gingerbread cookies to invest in some ninja cookie cutters. Not sure why I didn't share this for the actual gingerbread show, but this episode brought up the memory and I could not share. Yes! (laughs) Ninja bread cookies! Why have uh, I never done that? Right, right. That's delightful. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Um, I did have this whole thing. We unfortunately didn't get to do it in our D&D campaign that just finished, not the uh, diorama. But I, I did, I liked to do these themed items I would bring, and I had this whole gingerbread setup, cookie setup thing. But 
you know, pandemic times and uh, maybe yeah. one day you will get to see the beauty <laughs> I was planning. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah, I I really, I really dislike rolling out cookie dough. I tend to mm. not make rolled cookies mm. because of that. Um, I'm just like, why am I using a rolling pin? This is terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but I, I do have some really good cookie cutters that I feel like I should, oh, I should yeah. use. I've got some from Portal, like the video game. Oh, and those, are cool. pretty, those are pretty great. Yeah, those, yeah I can already envision. Yeah. Uh-huh. I yeah, mean, it. you know, I guess, I guess any square cookie can be a companion cube, but... Um, right. <laughs> With enough imagination. Mm -hmm. Oh, weighted companion (laughs) cube, I miss you. Um, Owen wrote, My son and I have been listeners since the first episode of Food Stuff. We would listen while driving him to and from daycare. Now he's halfway through first grade and we're still listening to every episode. Can you imagine our excitement when I heard you mention the most important cultural icon to ever come out of my hometown of Calgary, Alberta, ginger beef? Sorry, Todd McFarlane. (laughs) (laughs) But to hear you suggest that there is no ginger in ginger beef, you have fallen prey to the classic internet problem of believing what people say. I have the real scoop for you on the real stuff. Outside of Calgary, plenty of ginger beef is sold that is thickly cut strips of cheap beef, deep fried in too much batter, and doused in a dark brown sweet sauce. Nothing could be further from the true ginger beef that has earned Calgary's culinary scene fame from as far away as Moose Jaw and Medicine Hat. This dish is an unheralded classic of westernized Chinese food that belongs in the pantheon of greats with General So, Chop Suey, and Fortune Cookies. The real ginger beef is flank steak, cut thinly across the grain and deep-fried in a barely-there batter so light and crispy it doesn't even fully cover the beef, until the beef— not just the batter, is crisp. The beef is then stir-fried with either sliced bell peppers or a combination of julienne, celery, and carrot, together with, you guessed it, julienne fresh ginger root in a thin but delicious sauce that just barely coats the other ingredients. Every year, my sister-in-law and I spend two full days cooking a feast for Lunar New Year like the good Volga Germans we are, and along with all the other more traditional Chinese dishes, every guest texts me in advance to demand that I make ginger beef. And here's the best part. You can make it now, too. In the mid-90s, when nobody knew what the internet was, a Calgary Chinese food restaurant called, I am not making this up, Ginger Beef Peking House, put their recipe on their webpage, which I greedily downloaded with my dial-up modem. And the recipe follows. So. (laughs) (sighs) It sounds delicious. It does. I... I want that now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, we could get a whole recipe exchange going here. I know, um, right? I, you know, like our 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 website got switched over to this kind of like iHeart template that um that we don't have any particular control over. Um and uh but I I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, is, is, is 2020 the time for recipe blogs? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. <sighs> Always. <Lord. laughs> it's time to bring back the recipe blog. 
I'm actually not in touch with the blog world. It might have never gone away. I, I don't, don't think it ever went away. I based on I, I get I find most of my recipes on recipe blogs, and so mm. I can tell you they're still there. Still, they're cranking. they're still still publishing mostly unrelated stories from the cook's childhood. <laughs> I don't know that we can. Uh, to cast too much shade in that in that oh. regard, Lauren. <laughs> I guess you're super correct. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I go on another spiel about Star Wars? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. but <laughs> <laughs> another time, perhaps. Uh. Um, in the meantime, we have a letter from Zach who wrote, Thank you so much for producing such a consistently lovely show. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I started listening back in 2018 and was Tempted to write in on the first episode I listened to, mayonnaise and mayonnaise about my experience <laughs> as my experiences as a vehement mayonnaise until tasting mayonnaise in Japan. <sighs> but then I started catching up and it got mentioned in a listener mail. In determination to not write in about something already mentioned, I tried to catch up before writing. One thing led to another and has been an epic catching up with your show. That said, I am finally caught up. I listen to it while cooking and can't really listen to it otherwise due to cravings it induces. Understood. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is part of why it took me so long to catch up. The other part was having to learn French this past year. I remember one of your listeners mentioned they listened to your podcast while through hiking the Appalachian Trail, and I could not imagine the cravings. As an outward-bound instructor that spent 10 to 22 consecutive days backpacking, I have spent a lot of time talking with my co-instructor and students about what we will eat when we get back to civilization. Listening to a food podcast would have been torture. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to not overlap on other listener mail here, some episodes that I particularly enjoyed were... I start with your recent episode and an old one, which was one of my favorites to prove I have caught up. Um, I have started to write this email more than once. I understand that too. (laughs) It's shushu. That's the term of endearment towards a significant other. Got to say it twice. Also, I hope, Annie, you have started eating your cauliflower stems. They are delicious roasted in the oven. Just cut them a bit smaller or cook them longer than the rest of the flour. Ginger. Ginger schnapps is a delicious thing, some Swiss people do, and my wife got a bottle for her birthday this year, but I still don't have a recipe. Need to work on that, though. Apparently, it's not too unlike limoncello, but with ginger. The Reducing Food Waste at Home episode with the great interview with the Waste Not Initiative. Food waste hits home for me in part because I don't like it and in part because I am a feral cat. (laughs) Thanks for that parallel (laughs) when it comes to eating food. Whether dumpster diving or just eating leftovers off of plates at restaurants, my hatred for wasting food combined with my ability to be always hungry means I'm pretty good at avoiding food waste. It was nice to hear the larger scale perspectives of this important issue. Also, this episode introduced me to Tarhana, and it is amazing for those that like fermented foods. I keep a kombucha scoby, um, kefir grain, sourdough, pickle, and ferment things. Used to brew beer frequently, lost my equipment in the process of moving, but maybe again one day, and have made one-offs of apple cider, mead, and kimchi. This was a really cool adventure to find something fermented and new to try. Ooh. Zach continues. The overstuffed Thanksgiving episode. I will miss Thanksgiving this year, sadly, but my wife made a pumpkin pie to make up for it, so not all is lost. This episode brought me to the most dubious, unofficial Thanksgiving tradition my family has, where my younger brother eats too many edibles or drinks too much wine or a bit of both and passes out on the couch after dinner or sometimes at the dinner table. (laughs) 
He will only arise from the dead by his favorite dessert of all time, Pillsbury Doughboy sugar cookies. Yep, he skips the homemade pies and cakes my mother prides herself on and spends days prepping to eat the prepackaged cookie with the food coloring on top. <laughs> those are good. I remember those being good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the ramen oodles of history episode. I spent a handful of winters in Japan, some on Honshu, some on Hokkaido, as a ski guide. Um, ramen hits close to home and is one of my favorite foods. Moving to Switzerland has been great for the food, except ramen, which is difficult to find. So I learned how to cook it myself, and I did all right. Also, like the mayo episode, this was one of the first ones I listened to before I knew about the cravings. I had the episode in my headphones as I was out ski touring, and it will be the only time I opted to cut a ski day short on a really good day due to this craving. There are probably few skiers in Atlanta, but if you get the chance to ask any, they will tell you one does not stop early on days where it's waist deep. So, (laughs) while this was a big deal... I don't regret it. Getting a taste of something you didn't expect. I feel like this was the Kool-Aid episode or a related listener mail. Uh, Thanks for the Lil John video recommendation, by the way, uh, where you or a listener talked about taking a large sip of something and it tasted much different than they intended. I almost vomited on the spot as this reminded me of a cruel prank my friends and I would play in college. Take a glass filled with vodka and leave it in the freezer for a couple hours. Add ice cubes and hand it to some unsuspecting newcomer. Anytime. Parties, lunch with the parents, early morning hangovers after a long run. The game was afoot, and it was terrible. I do not recommend this to anyone, and I apologize in advance to anyone that hears this and gets an evil idea. Thanks for the really dark interpretation of Hansel and Gretel that they are in the afterlife. I never thought of it that way. Now can't unthink it. I can't either, actually. Not that I necessarily am certain that's how it is, but I just can't not think about it now. I feel like it makes the most sense in a way. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, well. <laughs> then again, like any time that I find the end of a story kind of suspect, I just retcon it in my head. I'm just like, no, that's not really what happened. I have a better ending up here. It's fine. Yeah, I do that too. Headcanon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, headcanon is so important. <laughs> that it is. Let me talk about Star Wars some more. Okay. <laughs> um, we do have some more listener mail for you, but first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. 
No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Eric wrote, During a recent episode, Lauren was talking about her large potted avocado plant, and I want to share my story. (laughs) Twelve years ago now, in my biology class, we were doing a section on sustainability, and one of the projects we did was growing plants from food waste. Many people took the easy route and grew green onion, potatoes, or carrots, but I wanted a little more of a challenge, so I decided to regrow a pineapple. It was easy at first. Just twist off the top, remove any fruit and the first layers of leaves, and stick it in a shallow glass of water. Right away, it started to grow roots, and it easily transplanted to soil. At this point, I was living in a cold northern climate, so I had no real reason to believe the plant would do very well. But it stayed alive during the first winter, and at the end of the school year, I got to take the plant home. It kept growing through the summer, and when it was time to go off to college in the fall, I took the pineapple with me to spruce up my new dorm a bit. Fast forward now— 12 years and living in four different states, and this pineapple is still with me. It survived my irresponsible college days. It's been overwatered, underwatered, lived in a dark basement I was renting, knocked off a shelf by playing dogs, survived a freak summer blizzard in Colorado where all but the very inner leaves survived. It sustained heavy damage in a hailstorm in Texas and made it through blistering Arizona heat waves. Through all of this, after 10 years, this poor little pineapple was only slightly bigger than when I started, probably a (laughs) foot and a half tall and a foot wide. I now live outside San Diego, and in the last two years, the plant has started growing 
exponentially. It's now about four feet tall and almost five feet wide, and I've had to buy a bigger pot twice now. I should also mention that in that biology class, I met and started dating the girl that eventually would become my wife, and she has never been the biggest fan calling the plant my real girlfriend. Uh I like to joke that the pineapple is our beauty and the beast plant. When it dies, so does our relationship. (laughs) She doesn't find that funny. A couple (laughs) weeks ago, when we were moving the plant inside for the winter, struggling to get it through the door, it had outgrown (laughs) during the summer months. Both of us sustained many cuts on our arms from its spiky leaves. I thought that was going to be her breaking point, and that she was going to make me get rid of it. But a couple of days later, I caught her trimming up leaves that had been damaged in the move and talking to it as she gave it some water. I've never been more in love with her. (laughs) I truly can't believe this plant has survived so much. And I know what you're wondering at this point. Has it ever grown a fruit? Nope. Nope. Never. It's probably never (laughs) even thought about growing one. Oh, I love that so much. That's so sweet. Oh, that's wonderful. That's really, that's really good. I'm, I'm also glad that I'm not the only person that talks to their house plants. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that so, 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 so much. Uh, and I, you know, here's to many more years. Yeah. Of the relationship <laughs> and the pineapple plant. <laughs> Oh, um, Mitch wrote, My wife and I are huge fans of your show. We both listen on our respective commutes and then talk about it post-work. It's also a great Common Ground podcast when we traveled pre-pandemic. Both of us got a big kick out of your boxed wine episode. I've always looked down on boxed wine, but my wife had no such reservations. With the pandemic, it was cost-effective, so we gave it a go. We fell in love with Boda Box wines in March and recently finished every single flavor. <laughs> my wife sadly had to drop out halfway through the Boda Box Rainbow Collection due to pregnancy. As much as I missed my wine companion, I suppose it was the right thing to do. <laughs> I just finished the last flavor and have put a picture of the collection. And it was surprisingly beautiful. I was like, oh, <laughs> it was, you know, by color, kind yeah. of like a rainbow. And I I thought it looked great. Uh, and congratulations both on the pregnancy and completing <laughs> the Boda Box rainbow <laughs> collection. Yes. Uh, both. <laughs> both are, are pretty, pretty amazing feats. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Swati wrote, just started listening to your burger episode and had to pause to write this email. Y'all started the episode off referencing a little TV show. As Annie was saying the words, I confidently said out loud in my car, of course they're going to be talking about Bob's Burgers. (laughs) Well, obviously that was not the case because just as I said those words, Annie said, supernatural. I don't know what I was feeling at that moment, but the fact that I was wrong about the show really hit my (laughs) ego hard. The disappointment I felt was so bizarre. I made eye contact with the person sitting in the car next to me, and I just know he saw the roller coaster of emotions that went across my face in a span of like 4.7 seconds. His face was one of puzzlement and also suppressed laughter. The episode was great and so much fun to listen to, but that disappointment lingered for an entire hour. Just thought y'all would get a kick out of my story. <laughs> and yes, I do find that hilarious. And also, I totally meant to mention Bob's Burgers, and I forgot. Uh... That would have made more sense, Swati. Like you, you yeah. that would have been a better guess than supernatural. So I I don't think you need to take this as a real ding to your ego. Yeah, yeah. It it wasn't meant personally at no. you. No. Um, oh no, no, no. We would never. 
No, um, no. Yeah, I, um, I actually have not seen Bob's Burgers, and I've been told by oh, like, really? approximately so a million people that I would love it in the burger puns. Yes. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I got it in the back of my head. I will get to it eventually. Uh, it's it's really yeah. sweet. It's a, it's a very heartwarming show. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm totally that guy who, uh, like, I'll be watching it, and I'll be like, did you see the burger pun? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah dude, I, it's right there. And I was like, it's funny. And I, yeah. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Like, people are always almost offensively shocked that I haven't seen it because they're like, but the puns, what the puns, Annie? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, I, I know I'll love it. I, I'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, I can't believe we told, I made a note of it and everything. I'm like, Bob's Burgers, but I forgot. I forgot. You know, <laughs> you know, but it, d- it just shows that we do need a burger sequel. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a whole Bob's Burgers episode. Yes. People have written in and suggested that. There you go. So that's on our list. That yeah. is on our list. Yeah. Uh, Summer wrote, you asked for emails regarding local specialties. So here's one. I grew up in Quebec, where most of the world's maple syrup comes from. So every year, it was always a great treat to go to the um, Caban Asucra, I think, um, which literally translates to sugar shack. This was an event. You can get horse-drawn carriage rides, learn how to make maple syrup, other family activities, maybe some outdoor activities like snowshoeing or cross-country skiing, eat a maple-inspired breakfast with pancakes or crepes, maple-baked beans, breakfast sausage and or bacon, etc., 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 in a heated room. Delightful. But my favorite part was la tire, la tire, I think, um, or maple taffy in English. Oh my you have a pile of clean, fresh snow and pour hot and very concentrated maple syrup. The snow cools the thickened maple syrup into a taffy-like texture. But before it cools completely, you take a popsicle stick and roll up the maple goodness. The result is a sticky, sweet maple treat that's still slightly warm from the maple, but you have the crystalline coolness of the snow that hitched a ride and has yet to melt away. Image attached. Literally, the experience is melt-in-your-mouth sweet heaven. If you like maple and sweet things, not everyone does. As a kid, I couldn't have had more than one because it would be too sweet. But later, had it as an adult, I learned that I could have two, extending the joy of the experience. I, alas, now live in London, Ontario, so we don't get enough snow to do uh, the taffy. So I miss it terribly. If you do make it to Quebec, uh, Montreal, Quebec City, or anywhere else, in around March, I do encourage you to stop by a sugar shack. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. We'll our, our list of reasons do. to go to Canada is growing and growing. Into it. Oh, yeah. That sounds so fun. I would have loved that as a kid and as an adult. But as a kid, that would have been like a magical experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I I'm like in. another listener has written in about that. I think we've, I think we've, Mentioned this somehow, some way before, but yeah, in. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and we do have some more listener mail for you. We do, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? 
Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Mike wrote, thank you for the grapefruit episode. As someone who is on high blood measure meds, I appreciated the knowledge on why I can't eat such delicious fruit. A quick story about that. In 2002, I was put on meds that wouldn't allow me to have grapefruit. I literally had bought a quart of grapefruit juice the day before going to the cardiologist. (laughs) Fast forward a number of years and my cardiologist put me on a new med and I received fantastic news. I could eat grapefruit again. Rather than returning immediately to work after my appointment, I stopped by the closest grocery store and bought a bag. Fast forward to 2013. I'm back on meds that mean no grapefruit after having heart surgery. A bummer to be sure, but given the alternative, uh, for others in a similar situation, I do recommend the Haribo Fruit Salad Candy. Their faux grapefruit is solid. And the occasional sip of a grapefruit IPA has shown no ill effects. Oh, uh, I'm still so shocked by this whole thing. And a lot of you have written in about, oh, thank you for I didn't know why I couldn't have grapefruit. 
I'm glad that the the IPA, you got that and this faux grapefruit <laughs> flavor. So it's not completely absent from your life. Yeah, yeah. And and I would I would hazard that there are probably some IPAs that will give you a similar flavor experience to grapefruit right. without actually mm-hmm. having grapefruit juice in there. Um yes. I do kind of like like look out for uh when I'm in a certain mood for wines, like white wines that are labeled like with with like notes of pineapple because I shouldn't mm-hmm. eat pineapple and sometimes all I heck and want in the universe is pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Do do what yeah. you can. Yeah, work it out. But be safe. Be safe. Mm-hmm. Devin wrote, I was listening to several episodes the other day and I wanted to write in. First, I think it was the margarine episode, but I was so surprised to learn that Lauren doesn't have a science background. Oh, oh, well, thank you. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm working on a PhD in analytical chemistry, and my advisor always says that you never really understand something until you can explain it in a simple way. And I've always thought Lauren does a wonderful job of doing that. So kudos to you, Lauren. Meow. Yeah. Meow, I say. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Gosh, how nice. Um, uh, okay, secondly, I am tardy to the party on the molecular gastronomy episode, but I wanted to share for my fellow Star Wars fans, like Annie, that Galaxy's Edge and Hollywood Studios at Disney World has a lot of food that is borderline molecular gastronomy. My fiancé and I went earlier this year, pre-pandemic, and had some drinks at Oga's Cantina. My fiancé had a uh, fuzzy tauntaun, which had this really cool citrusy foam on top with some sort of plant extract that made your tongue and lips tingly as you drank it. What I had was not really a drink, but it did contain alcohol. It was a Petri dish filled with gelatin and popping boba-like balls topped with Pop Rocks, freeze-dried fruit, and other alien-looking garnishes. I've attached some pictures of these, and when it's safe to go, I highly recommend going to Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. I really want to. Oh. I, yeah, I, I, I too went in February, which I, I I was blowing my mind when I was writing out, like, what happened in 2020? I was like, oh, yeah, I went, I did that. I went to Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. And I've also had the Fuzzy Tauntaun. It was great. I got one that was, like, Han Solo and Carbonite, and it had this, like, metal grate, um, and under the grate was dry ice, so it wouldn't oh. hit your mouth. And so it was, like, smoking, and it, that one was really good. Um, I know there's a cookbook for anyone's interested. We mentioned it in our uh, fictional foods episode. Yeah. Also, I'm going to be straight with you. I almost, I there were tears running down my face when I got onto that ride, Rise of Resistance, which if anyone's listening to this, like after the pandemic, you can't just get on that ride, okay? You can't just show up. You've got to have a plan. <laughs> um, and when we got in, uh, there were tears. I'll admit it. Uh- yeah, that yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm for for anyone who listens to any of uh, any of Holly Fry's shows, I'm sure that you yes. are already aware, but she is also a very big Star Wars fan and um, has spent um, a lot of the pandemic uh, mm-hmm. uh, drinking her way through the uh, the drink section, or I know actually the the entire Star Wars yes. Galaxy's Edge cookbook, uh-huh. um, and uh, her her Twitter feed is full of that. Yeah. I'm sure she talks about it on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Holly and I were recently on Movie Crush where we talked about Empire Strikes Back, and she discussed it on there. And uh, that was an hour and 30-minute episode that had a time <laughs> limit on it, if that tells you anything. Um, <laughs> but go check it out if, if you want. Uh, it was very fun. And now I, I have a very fun Twitter prank people are playing on me. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yes. So 
yeah, go check that out. When when the pandemic's over, I, I also recommend Galaxy's Edge. It's, it's fun. Uh, Jody wrote, I've thought about writing many times, but this time it was like a sign from the podcast gods. <laughs> I tend to binge listen to my podcast, so I heard the Hannibal episode and the Hansel and Gretel episode on the same afternoon. Both were very good on their own, but the combination <laughs> struck me as hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I made my daughter listen to the episodes back to back. And when she was finished, her only comment was, clearly these people have never met you. (laughs) You see, I have a bit of a strange reputation (laughs) among my nearest and dearest that started 19 years ago when my daughter was a newborn. I was playing with her toes and pretending to nibble on them to make her laugh and telling her in baby talk voice, I could just eat you up. You're so darn cute. I stopped and looked at my sister who was visiting and said, what a creepy thing to say to a kid. I basically just told my infant child that I was going to cook and eat her. (laughs) My sister (laughs) rolled her eyes and told me that I was weird. She wasn't wrong, but that isn't the point. During a 2 a.m. feeding, I got to thinking about that exchange. We tell our kids a lot of creepy stuff. (laughs) Rockabye Baby, Hansel and Gretel, where the wild things are, etc. The more I thought about it, the more I was convinced my kid would need serious therapy by the time they hit preschool. Okay, so I may have been a little sleep-deprived, but it was too late. I could not unthink the thoughts. From that point on, it became a standing joke around my house that kids could be cooked and eaten at my slightest whim. Over the years, other people heard me say that naughty children would be cooked and eaten, which of course meant that I also had to explain myself. Uh, Thankfully, I am only friends with people who have a great sense of humor. Years of this nonsense eventually led to the attached picture. For Halloween one year, I dressed up as the mostly friendly witch next door. I am allergic to most face points and makeup, so my Halloween costumes are only as scary as my actual face. (laughs) I made my daughter sit in our tub, and when children walked up to the house, I would tell them I would give them candy if they gave me dragon liver or something of the sort for my princess stew. As if on cue, they would ask what princess stew was, and then the show started. My daughter... daughter would let out a shriek and plaster her face against the steamed up windows of the porch, making sure to really ham it up with lots of splashing, handprints sliding down the windows, the works. I would toss the trick-or-treaters some candy and dash up the front steps, making sure to grab my giant potato masher along the way and yelling, get back in the pot! The hot tub sits below the window line, and the windows are just steamed up enough that from the front yard, a kid could only see our outlines as I mashed the princess back into the pot with more dramatic splashing, yelling, and a few gurgles for good measure. (laughs) This worked even better as the evening wore on, and we perfected our scene, and the shadows started to really work in our favor. (laughs) If the child had an adult with them, I would ask the parent if they wanted to contribute the child to the pot for a portion of the stew. Naughty children are particularly delicious. Some parents played along and pretended to think about it. No other children were added to the pot. (laughs) Over the years, I have threatened to cook and eat many a naughty child and have many stories, but sadly, only a few pictures. My husband has posted this picture on social media every Halloween since the night he took it. One of her friends has it printed out and hanging in her kitchen as a warning to her own children. She told them that if they are naughty, they would be brought to my house. Those children are only a little younger than my own daughter and taller than I am, so it's not much of a threat anymore, but the picture remains on their kitchen bulletin board, just in case. For the record... (laughs) Both of my children, ages 23 and 19, are alive and well. Both are reasonably well-adjusted, all things considered. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. I mean, you're not wrong. We do tell children a lot of strange stuff. Yeah. And you made a Halloween thing out of it. That sounds amazing. It would have really scared me as a kid. So oh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have been I would have been like a little bit genuinely upset by that as a child, which means I love it right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so Thank you. Thanks to everybody who wrote in these amazing letters. We truly, they're uh, these beacons of light. Yes. Oh. That really brighten our day. Absolutely. Yes. And we're so happy to share them with all of you. And we would love to hear from any listeners about all, any and all things. Um, you can write to us. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. You can also find us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SaverPod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is.